G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Realfaith.org.au My dream was to eventually go to South America, and so having given that up, um, he's so faithful though, like he's, he's given me the best time, and I really feel like if I could nail any lesson, if I could preach any lesson from the whole trip, I would just say that the cliche of God is faithful is so real to me now, it's not a cliche anymore. Welcome to Real Faith, conversations about the impact faith has on our lives and the challenges we go through, helping us today and giving us hope for tomorrow. That's real people, real life and real faith with Eric Scadabo. Once again, our guest is Jordan Olney. As we heard last time, he had dreams of being a millionaire, earning lots of money through real estate, but then the Lord changed his heart. He gave up all of that so that he could go on a trip to Mozambique to go to Bible school. And then the Lord worked on his heart once again. We're going to find out the rest of his story. Welcome back to the program, Jordan Olney. Awesome. Thank you very much. Okay. Well, as we heard last time, the Lord continued to work on your heart. So you gave up everything. You had this house deposit saved up that mm-hmm. you were going to use to buy a house and start off your your wealth, your material mm-hmm. wealth That's in right. real estate. But you gave that all up to pay for your trip to go to Bible school in Mozambique. Is that mm-hmm. right? That's right. Yeah, I felt at one stage that the Lord asked me, like, do you trust me with your house deposit? And I knew what that meant. Like, essentially, I was going to be paying for the trip and throwing it away. You know, mm-hmm. some would look at it. But yes, I did trust him. Okay. And then your original plan was after 10 weeks at Bible school to then go on to South America to have an adventure over there in Colombia. Yeah. So I was, it was um, all paid for. That's right. So I paid for the flights and all that. Um, I was but gonna, then? But then. <laughs> <laughs> but then. God always. Yeah. Um, but then he brought a missionary couple along my path and I decided to go and serve them in Tete. Okay. For six months. For six months. So a finite yeah. period of time. That's right. Yeah. And you were starting to share with us last time that you were in charge of seven boys. Mm-hmm. That yep. was part of the ministry work that you did there. Yep. And we're going to find out later, there's another, but then. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. But let's just uh, focus on uh, the first six months you're going to serve there. Mm-hmm. But uh, we've been kind of making you to be a very noble person, giving up all these <laughs> things. But you did have some fun while you were over there. Definitely. <laughs> let's let's hear about that. <laughs> it's important to to work hard and play hard. That's right. And so, tell us about the playing hard. Definitely. So um, quite often we would go out on Zambezi River on our little boat that we had, going to fish for tiger fish. And so they they're these fish with massive teeth. I think I probably went eight times, different mm-hmm. times before I actually got one in. Um, they're very hard to catch, but. On the Zambezi River, you've got your crocodiles, you've got your tiger fish, but you've also got hippos. Oh, my goodness. And now, hippos... you sure you want it? This was supposed <laughs> to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> to me, this is fun. And so, okay. being, you know, kind of living life on the edge a little bit, it's, wow. it's fun to me. That's a little bit more <laughs> on the edge than I care to go, but hey, you're the adventurer. <laughs> That's it. And so, 
Hippos, um, aside from mosquitoes, I believe hippos are the number one killer of humans in the whole continent of Africa. This is just sounding better and better. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And to me, that's like, oh, great, let's go and see some, you know. Um, So quite often whilst we're fishing and drifting on the river, we would see a pod of hippos, you know, maybe a few hundred meters away. Where where you want them, yeah. Which is where you want them, right? (laughs) There was one. There was one story where um, we had. T- I had tied up a rope. It was actually the best knot I'd ever tied, <laughs> like hands down. And I tied up this rope to um, just this little embankment. And so we were fishing off the off the island, and um, we were just all fishing and in this river of death. In the river of death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, which sometimes we it was hot, and so sometimes I'd jump in. Oh, to the. <laughs> Just for a few seconds, but if the, or if there was a sandbar, I'd jump in and swim around for a few minutes, keep an eye out. Okay, <laughs> all right. I'm I'm just biting my tongue. I'm not even okay. okay. So we're in, we're at this island one time, and um, we're just fishing away, and all of a sudden, about 50 meters away, which really is quite close, I saw the biggest hippo I'd ever seen in my life. Like his head was like a meter and a half long, I would say. This wow. is a huge behemoth thing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Nick, which is my friend and leader of Pioneer 61, we should go, right? The ministry, he, yeah. he turns around, he's like, we got to go now. <laughs> like, that's way too close. And you said, but this was my best night. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm fumbling around trying not to, trying to get this knot undone. And um, finally, after about 30 seconds, I got it undone, but he was already under the water. And if the hippo. The hippo, they can travel very quickly underwater. So you don't know where it, it or not. where it is, then? We don't know where it is. They oh, can flip goodness. boats. And quite often, unfortunately, they flip canoes of, of locals you know, yeah. you know, in a canoe yeah. and goodbye. Wow. Um, and so that was a just nice, fun little memory that I've got. We got away. I've oh, got, yeah, yeah, okay. I got it's it untied. Ended, yeah. <laughs> I'm, oh. I'm here today. So. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. But we, it was cool. We also Too close for comfort. Exactly. But mm-hmm. we also got to do a little bit of hunting as well out in the bush. The mm-hmm. bush veld is what they call it. Um, which and is the African safari, just like in the movies. Exactly, just like the Lion King. Um, so it's it's a bit different to a safari but not a cartoon. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> a little bit different to the safari per se, because yeah. you're you know trying to get close and this and that. You know, mm. with a bow, which is what I was using. Um, so I was able to you know have a, have a few really and great you love experiences hunting. I love hunting. I'm really the only Australian that I know who's really <laughs> passionate about hunting. And so, um, you know, working with mostly American people mm. at the base, um, that was really helpful because <laughs> okay, they're so, into it too. So all that to say that yeah. so, all work and no play, uh, but there exactly. was a little play. Yeah. So, But it was nice being able to hunt things and take all of that meat back to be able to feed our boys be able to so it feed. had a practical aspect definitely and so whilst it was a fun challenge as well it had a bigger function and purpose of being able to feed our boys being able to feed our workers as well mm-hmm. yeah okay well speaking of your workers tell us more about the ministry and working with the boys yeah so um the ministry essentially has three different facets um one of them being these boys the street boys um growing them up giving them opportunity to chase dreams and things like that, teaching them the gospel, um, which was my main role. Mm -hmm. Um, I would also be involved in the other two facets, which we would have workers, so grown men from the village that we stayed at or where the base is. So the grown men would come and we would teach them trades, um, essentially carpentry, all things construction. And so, Did you know this stuff? 
I don't know anything about construction. <laughs> I was going to say, how, yeah, you're gonna, studying psychology. What, what are you doing with exactly? Construction? So I was I'm more involved into in the mentoring and oh, okay. prayer yep. and things mm-hmm. like that, and being their friend, like buying materials for them. Mm-hmm. So every morning we would pray and do a devotion together, and again, like just seeing them go from A to B over this time that I was there was just so rewarding. So ministering um, to the construction workers in yeah. addition to your boys. Exactly. And mm-hmm. so it was awesome to be able to hear stories of those guys then going out and helping people in their community using the skills that they've now got mm-hmm. to build a, a roof for the widow mama mm-hmm. who's next to them yeah. and preach the gospel to them and things like that. Um, we would also play hard too. So every Friday we would, you know, oh, board play. playing. Yeah. <laughs> so we would play <laughs> soccer together. Oh, okay. Um, on the, you know, big sand football pitch that we had close by. And man, I tell you what, that's tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. The other facet of the ministry is working with ladies that have come out of brothels. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a challenging part of the ministry because there's a lot of brokenness and strongholds that need to be dealt with in that kind of ministry. Um, I'm not heavily involved in that just because I'm a single guy, mm-hmm. you know, you just got to be wise. Yeah. Um, However, there were times where we would go to the brothels, like an active brothel, with some of the ladies that had come out, and we would go and minister to the current ladies that were... So, you would escort them? Yeah, essentially. So, we would go and feed the ladies that were working there. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, it's hard for me as a single guy to look outside and see a line of young men outside waiting for us to finish ministry. That's really hard for me to see. And so, like, part of me wants to walk up and slap them. Yeah, yeah. And, like, what are you doing? Like, you're causing trauma. and Yeah. Not only to them, but to yourself, too. Yeah. And just, but um, that's kind of a little bit of a normal thing. It's just, So, you and your team, yeah. female workers, yeah. are ministering to them. Yeah. Because they're basically being taught that they're not worth a lot. Exactly. They're just being used. I hate, yeah. hate to put it that way, but yeah. that's basically For what's happening. Basically, 50 cents in the US, hmm. and that's all it takes. So, understandably, they yeah. would have a low self-image, yeah, low definitely. view of themselves. Yeah, and def- a lack of identity, hmm. essentially. So, and, and so, you're trying to minister to them and yeah. let them know that God loves them, and yeah. they're worth a lot. They're priceless. Yeah, exactly. And so, meanwhile, outside, there's... Somebody telling them you're not worth more than 50 cents. Pretty much. And wow. so it's a tough... It's, That's heartbreaking. It's huh? a bit of an uphill battle sometimes, mm. um, but someone's got to fight it. Mm. And so yeah. um, it was. it's a real honor to be able to minister to them and teach them about identity, that they are daughters of God mm-hmm. and that they have value and that they, have, they can have their own dreams and visions. They're not just there to be used. Mm. And, mm. you know, the truth is God has created them in his own image Amen. and they have maximum value to yeah. him have just there been as much some as success stories um yeah crazy success stories so we've we've had um over 15 like we've got 15 ladies roughly that have come out and they now um create jewelry use their hands so our our ladies um in the ministry team mm-hmm. have have taught them skills like practical and so they create jewelry and send it over to the united states and actually sell that jewelry. That jewelry actually pays them a wage, oh, and wow. so they don't have to work yeah. in the brothels. Yeah. And whilst they are in this uh, ministry called White as Snow, we teach them also practical, but also um, we disciple them a lot and go through a lot of prayer ministry, getting them free 
um, teaching them about identity. So for quite a while there, I, w- I took them through the Alpha course, mm-hmm. um, which is you know kind of like a beginner, beginners yep. believers um, course, mm-hmm. and just asking the big questions like why do we believe what what we believe, who is God, what does He say about you, you know. Um, so it was great to be able to work with all three facets of the ministry. Our guest today is once again Jordan Olney, and he's sharing about his adventures in Africa and the ministry work that he's been doing there. We're going to take a break, and when we return, we're going to find out about a new adventure that he'll be going on. All that and more when we return right here on Real Faith. The Word for Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional, designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au. You're listening to Real Faith, conversations with real people about how God works in their lives. If you want to know more about integrating faith into your life, our website is realfaith.org.au. Just go to the website and you'll find helpful articles about the impact faith can have on your life. Once again, that's realfaith.org.au. Welcome back. I'm Eric Scadabo, and our guest today is once again Jordan Olney, talking about his adventures in Africa and all the ministry work that he's been doing there. As we heard before the break, he's been working with street kids, construction workers, and also ladies that have come out of brothels. Next, we're going to hear more about the ministry work that he's been doing there, and then also about a new adventure that he'll be going on. Here's more of our conversation with Jordan Olney. There was one time where... Um, one of these ladies, she had come to me and she said, hey, can I please have a lift home? Um, my neighbor is really sick, the guy right next door. Mm. Um, and I said, okay, you know, let's go and pray for him. And so we got there, me and my friend Logan, and we got there and we saw this guy. And I tell you what, I've never seen anything like this guy. Like his his whole arm was like the width of my wrist. Mm. And I have small wrists. Yeah, Like he was malnourished, basically bones and um he was just lying on this mattress that was you know only a few centimeters thin Mm. and that's all he had in this concrete room and um this guy was he looked like death essentially i had heard that he hadn't eaten in days or weeks and um he couldn't move he couldn't stand up he couldn't do anything he had malaria which roughly uh the the medication for malaria there in australian dollars would be about 16 to 20 dollars but he couldn't afford that Mm. so he you know once you get malaria you don't treat it and you're you're in a bad place Mm -hmm. in a few days so it doesn't take long to to die and so he had malaria and i believe he had tuberculosis as well um he also had a liver disease at the same time so he was not in a good place yeah and um we prayed for him and i kind of tried to hand it off to my friend Logan who's a bit older than me and you know submit to (laughs) but he was like no you're doing a great job just keep going for it and so I was like all right God we're just going to go for it so we ended up praying for this guy and just prayed for complete healing and this and that the next day I had heard from this lady who introduced me to him Um, the next day I heard that he stood up had something to eat and then walked to a completely separate village like a few kilometers away wow. to tell his friends that he'd been healed. Wow. Just 
and and I'm like, are you serious? Almost. Like, <laughs> I know that's what I prayed for, but yeah. what? Yeah. yeah. And so it was awesome to hear that he, you know, all of a sudden gets healed and he's now talking to other people, showing them what happened. I went back to him a few days later and actually shared the full gospel with him. So I'm not the one who healed you. It was Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, he loves you and he's got a plan for you. And so he was able to receive the gospel and gave his heart to the Lord, which was just wow. an awesome experience Fantastic. for yeah. me to go through. Yeah. And so, and just to see the healing power that the Lord has. Um, that's not where the story ends, though, because two weeks after that, I heard that he got sick again. And some might say, oh, well, he probably just felt good that day and he was still sick. But with malaria, like, it's a few days. And so I know he was healed for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. And so, but a few weeks later, he gets sick again. And before I can even get there, he dies. Mm. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> what Lord, happened to the happy ending? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. he just, like, he's a new Christian and all of this. And yeah. straight away, I, I was at peace, though. And I felt the Lord say that if you hadn't had gone and been obedient and prayed with him when you did, he wouldn't be with me now. Mm. And so, without that healing, without that open door to minister to him, he wouldn't be dancing in the presence of the Lord right now. Mm. And so, that, to me, put my heart at rest and really is one of the staple staple moments and staple memories of this whole thing. Um, it's about being obedient and giving God your yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so we've seen this reoccurring trend that... You were going to do one thing, but then the Lord kind of shows you something else. So your vision at this point in the story Mm -hmm. was to serve in this ministry. It's called Pioneer 61. 61, Mm -hmm. And you're serving the boys and helping out in these other areas of the ministry. And you told them you would do that for six months. But the Lord is working on your heart. What's happening now in your life? So six months originally was a stretch for me. And I was like, I mean, that's a long time, but yeah. I'm looking forward to going home. But I just, part of me was just there now. And I loved being able to serve. I loved seeing, starting to see fruit. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't leave. And so, you know, almost a year later goes by and I've served my six months, but I'm just like, I want to be here. And so mm-hmm. I just stayed and for, you know, almost a whole year. Another again. phone call to your parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but again, they were fully supportive mm-hmm. and very gracious in allowing me to go after what I believe the Lord was telling me. And so it was really cool to be able to be a part of it for longer. But then the leaders, Nick and Marlene Boyd of Pioneer 61, they, they went on a trip to the UK. And so after that, they had come back and said, over just this, we were in a circle around a fire that night and they, they turned to me and they, he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, and for this boy, we've got plans for this boy. And I was like, okay, like I hadn't heard anything about mm. this, but all of a sudden they've talked to people and pastors in the UK and he told me, he said, we've got plans for you. If you're willing, we want to send you to the UK and all throughout Europe for a whole year to go around and be trained by all of these different pastors and church leaders all throughout different places. So what it looks like essentially is a month or two longer in the UK, a month in Portugal, Serbia, Spain, Poland, and Sweden, and all of these different countries. Crazy. With the purpose of? With the purpose of being trained pastorally Mm -hmm. 
because that's kind of in my blood. It's it's where I feel called to be, a pastor, um, mm-hmm. trained pastorally and also trained in church planting. And so these people from the UK have done church plants all throughout Europe, so I'm going to see how it's been done in different cultures and take notes, essentially. And so the goal of that for a whole year would be to come back, and they've asked me to come back and to plant the church, the Piney 61 church in Mozambique. Um, with all of the workers and you know to hopefully bring the gospel in a, in a bigger way to that village in that community wow <laughs> definitely different from what i <laughs> originally set out to do well let's just kind of review <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah pretty far from your original vision of being a real estate yeah. millionaire yeah yeah but step by step i mean if yeah. the lord had told you no way <laughs> from the beginning, oh, this is where it's going to end up. You probably would have said, no way. Probably, yeah. But step by step, you just yeah. tugged your heart. Yeah. If he had said, look, I want you to go overseas for 14 months, I would have been like, probably no way, hmm. just because of the mountain that it looks like. Yeah. But he's so gracious that he, he gave it to me step by step and piece by piece. And now, after this 14 months, now he's given me the vision and the the next few years, uh, maybe potentially five-year plan of doing this thing and then coming back to Mozambique to really serve Binance 61 in a, in a bigger way. So what this all means is you're planning on being there long-term. Yeah, semi-long-term. Um, I'd never planned that when I originally went to the school in mm-hmm. Pemba. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the Lord has different ideas. My dream was to eventually go to South America, remember? Yeah. Um, and so... Having given that up, um, he's so faithful, though. Like, he's he's given me the best time. And I really feel like if I could nail any lesson, if I could preach any lesson mm-hmm. from the whole trip or summarize it all, I would just say that the cliche of God is faithful is so real to me now. It's not mm-hmm. a cliche anymore. Mm-hmm. And all throughout my childhood growing up in church, and I would always hear that probably a million times. Oh, yeah. God is so yeah. faithful. Yep. And I would... You know, sometimes just say that just as a filler because, you know. That's what you it, say. That's because that's what you say. Mm. But it, it's so real to me now. Like, there was this time where only a f- very few times did I put it on Facebook that I needed financial support. Like, this is what I'm doing. If you feel led to give, mm-hmm. then here's the, my PayPal link. But, you know, it had been a few months since I had put that out there. And out of nowhere, it's one o'clock in the morning. And, um, I'm in bed and this notif- my phone goes off notification and it says, um, it's an email from PayPal and your e-check has been processed. And I was like, I didn't send any e-checks or anything. And I scrolled down and it was $5,000. Wow. And I was like, no way. <laughs> like, I didn't believe it. For <laughs> I had to open it up. And, yeah. And, like, it was just amazing to see and I could see who it was from. And I tell you what, when you're serving the Lord in this kind of way, quite often you'll find that support comes from the people that you least expect. Mm-hmm. And this person was the very least that I would expect. Um, the brother, the younger brother, so roughly about 20, 21 type age of my friend from school. And so I know him. I know of him. I'm not friends with him. And I messaged him afterwards and on Facebook. I said, like, thank you so much. You don't know how much that means to me. Like, I really needed that. Yeah, yeah. Confirmation. <laughs> like right, right now, yeah. And coming from a 21-year-old, I was just really blown away. I know that that $5,000 means a lot to him. Yeah. 
much more than some of the millionaire friends that he I've could got, have put a know? deposit down for a house. <laughs> <laughs> he very much could have, but, but but maybe that's the beginning of his adventure with the Lord. But it was really encouraging for me to see that that five thousand came from someone who really could have used it mm. or really potentially needed it. Whereas I know many people who it would be easy to give up five thousand dollars; it wouldn't mean anything. Mm. Yeah, but it came from him. Yeah, and he messaged me back and he said. No problem, mate. I'm glad it could help. I'm just obeying what the Lord asked me to do. Wow. And I was like, yes. Like, <laughs> God is so good. He is so faithful. And so, when he calls you to do something, he'll always make a way. So, right now, my house deposit's essentially gone, right? Mm-hmm. And so, for this whole next trip, uh, a year in Europe is not cheap. And so, but I know without shadow of a doubt that God's going to be faithful. He's going to provide everything that I need. Yeah. Well, what more can we say? Uh, It's been quite an adventure. Thank you so much for sharing that adventure with us. No problem. It was a pleasure. Our guest today has been Jordan Olney. And if you want to find out more information about the ministry that he's involved in in Mozambique, the name of the ministry is Pioneer 61. And you can find out more information at their website, pioneer61.org. That's pioneer61.org. been listening to Real Faith and if you have any questions or comments you can send us a message through our website realfaith.org.au that's realfaith.org.au thanks for listening and we invite you to join us again next time for more conversations about God working in the lives of people who put their faith and trust in him that's real people real life and real faith This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.